0: On this episode, we meet real estate investor, success coach, and public speaker, Ronnie Fisher. Ronnie is the host of Mo Niagara, and he's been featured on multiple TV shows, radio interviews, and podcasts, specifically around his work in personal development seminars and real estate investment seminars as well. I had a blast, and I know that you're gonna love the insights he had to share about selling from stage, about sharing a story that connects on an emotional level and that helps people resonate with your message, and ultimately, about achieving your goals. Enjoy the show. This is I Will Teach You To Speak. Welcome to the show, Ronnie. Jonathan, thanks for having me. You got it. I'm super excited. We've already had a couple minutes here to catch up, and I love the energy. I love the enthusiasm, so I know it's going to make for a great show. Now, the last time we saw each other was back in Niagara Falls at Mo Mondays, and that is a a great event, and I've been to a ton of Mo Mondays. I've been to the one in Toronto, Niagara, Kingston. I've been to Barrie. And what I've found is that there's some great speakers there and there's some speakers there that aren't necessarily the most captivating and they don't really connect with the audience as much as you'd hope they would, especially up there with 10 minutes. And so what I'm curious is about is from your perspective as a host, what do you find to be the most impactful way that people are delivering presentations today at Mo Mondays?
1: Well, I think the most impactful are the ones that resonate with the majority of the audience. You know, um, first and foremost, yes, there are some really experienced polished speakers. And then there are some um, lack of experienced speakers that are just sort of getting up there for the first time. But you know what? Some of those ones have come across and really resonated with people even more than the polished one because the polished one looked too scripted, let's say. Yep. So, So the whole theme of Mo Mondays is real people, real stories, real inspiration. Okay. And when you're talking about a vulnerability, perhaps it's alcoholism. You know, there's a few people in the audience that have struggled with it. Um, and those are the type of stories that really captivate the audience that's going yeah. to grab their attention. There's all kinds of different tricks and tips that we can talk about yeah. as far as maintaining their, the flow of the story. Um, you know, there's the beginning, the body, the end, where it's going, how you're getting there type of thing. Yeah. But maintaining and having that captive audience also comes in the form of expression. Okay. You know, the tone that we're using. Uh, hand gestures, those type of things, right? Yeah. Um, throwing in the odd humor line, even if it's a vulnerable story, you know, uh, it, it just kind of brings them back type of thing, right? So that was an awesome experience for me watching so many different people take the stage. I am surrounded by incredible speakers, which was really nice. And we brought in a bunch of entertainment and uh, it was always, a, it was always a great night. Okay. So what I'm getting from that, it's not
0: necessarily always about being perfect in your delivery it could be more so about telling stories that will connect on an emotional level.
1: Definitely for that platform, definitely for that platform. You know, um, you know, if we're talking about selling from the stage, there's a time and there's, you got to hit it right on the knot and there's a certain way to deliver it. And it's scripted intentionally so that you can maintain consistency because if you're selling from the stage, then you want to have those numbers week after week. But a story like Mo Mondays, where it's a personal transformation journey life lesson that they've been through, the idea is that it's being authentic. And when you can feel the emotion that that person's been through, that's when that audience is really making that connection.
0: Okay. And I've got a couple questions about preparing for presentations. And what's nice about this is that we can get both perspectives from you because you've seen in more of a relaxed setting less professional setting like Mo Mondays where it's more for entertainment and for sharing real stories and then there's also like you said deliberately scripting your presentation so you get consistent results week over week and so do you mind sharing what you've seen work well or maybe where people are missing the boat when it comes to preparing for let's start with something like Mo Mondays as an example or somebody's just delivering a speech in front of their classroom or somebody's doing a like a business presentation something like that
1: Sure. Yeah. They're very different. Um, I got the privilege of watching so many other speakers, including yourself, take the stage. And I loved watching some people prepare prior. Some people isolate themselves, man. It's headphones in, they've got their own voice playing in the background. I've tried that. I've tried to perform Uh, you know, the dynamo show. Yes. I remember that. I, I bombed that one because I tried to script it so much. Okay. And I was listening to it and I was isolating myself and hiding from everybody else and just focus, focus, repeat it, repeat it, repeat it, trying yeah. to drill, drill it into myself. Yep. Um, Mo Mondays, a little bit different. I had a different approach. Um, you know, being the host, people are there to see you. It is an entertaining thing. Um, I like to fly off the cuff. You know what I mean? I like to just say, hey, I'm going to the del- edge. Well, I'm going to deliver what my heart wants to say in the moment. You know what I mean? And there were certain things about certain people that, you know, if you're coming up on stage, perhaps I introduce you and how we met or something significant that you're doing. Yeah. But I was able to have a personal one on one relationship where I met probably 95% of the speakers in previous uh, environments. So that okay. was sort of an advantage because I could just talk about one of my friends kind of thing. Okay. Um, I, For selling from the stage, when I'm selling at real estate investing seminars, The preparation is getting the room ready, getting the screens ready, getting your audio checks and stuff like that. Like literally there's almost no time because when I travel, you're getting off an airplane, you're going to a hotel, you're making sure that the hotel room is there, you're making sure registration. So that's when you have to have that script prepared in advance. You know what I mean? Uh, And one of the advantages of having a script and trying to stick to it is that you can modify it. You have something to work with. You can measure something, right? Yes. This worked, that didn't work. This is what got a laugh. Because what, yes. what I consider to be funny, you might not consider to be funny, you know? Um, and from, from the stage, you know, when you're trying to hit certain points and emphasize on some of the benefits and advantages of your service or your yes. product, it's really important that you stay on time as well. So it's yes. gotta got be scripted the preparation in order to do something like that, in order to go and deliver a presentation, everything's done before game day. Yes. That's why that's I like to consider it. We're at Mo Mondays. I had people writing their Mo Monday story two hours prior to the show. Yeah. You know? so, hey, this is what I'm going to talk about. It's my life. You know it. It's inside you already, right? Yeah. So yeah. Um, there, there's a few friends of mine. I, one of the most outgoing, most passionate speakers. We won't name any names, but you know exactly who I'm talking about. One of the most extraordinary guys on the planet who goes into this anxiety moment and yet when he steps on that stage, lights action camera, he just explodes with energy. The words flow out of his mouth and he resonates with everybody. So absolutely. Um, and it's I funny. Know exactly that, you're talking about. <laughs> it's funny to see him behind the stage. Yes. You know, like panic attack. <laughs> yeah,
0: and I've heard him talk as well about the way that he feels even the night before and the day yeah. of and the morning of. And then when he's when like you said, lights on. Delivers, everyone is just in shivers and tears.
1: That, perfect, well said. Um, Absolutely. Everybody's got their own prep, everybody's got yeah. their own mechanism. So, you know, if I was a, a speaker's trainer, which I've never trained anybody on how to speak, I would only really know my experience, what works for me, but I would try to dive into hey, what works for you, what makes you feel comfortable in that moment. Okay. Some people get that microphone and, and freeze, don't know where to look, don't know how to make eye contact. So my advice to somebody preparing would be what works for you. You know, what, what is going to make you feel most comfortable? I think if there's one thing that someone can really take
0: as a tangible benefit, and there's a lot of things that you said there that are valuable is knowing exactly how long it takes you to do your presentation is extremely valuable, especially if you're becoming and you want to make that transition to being a professional speaker because event organizers give you a slot and they expect you to deliver on time, if not a little bit short of that, because they know all the other speakers are going over time, and it just ruins the experience for the audience. And people need to stand, people need to move around so that they can actually take in what you're giving them. So yeah. what you said there, delivering it
1: with a specific time, is really valuable. And, and time is important for so many reasons. I mean, if you have an audience, you got to respect their time. You got to respect the promoters, the other speakers. Um, those more polished, experienced speakers start to, you know, photograph time. Um, Here's a good explanation. My very first time skydiving, okay, you're free falling for approximately one minute. And it felt like one second went by and it was done. Wow. But the more experience I started skydiving, it actually felt longer than a minute because I was was aware, I'm looking around. Yes. So you gain these time-sensitive awarenesses, I believe even when you're public speaking yes. that you, you know, it's been a minute, you know, it's been five minutes, you know that I've got a few minutes left and I've got to wrap it up soon. You know, um, those with the less experience, they lose all track of time and they feel like they just got to keep talking. And sometimes they take a left turn, you know what I mean? So having that focus, knowing, knowing your points on a Mo Mondays talk, it's only 10 minutes. Yeah. How, do you, how do you tell a transformational story in only 10 minutes? Right you've got three, four points and you talk about each one of those for two, three minutes. And that's okay. it. Amazing. A, a 90 minute presentation that I do. My fear in the beginning was I was going to dump all this information out and have 45 minutes left of nothing to talk about. Yeah. That was, the, that was the fear in the beginning. Okay. Amazing. But, uh, the advantage to the advantage to the presentation is you've got slides and they also, you know,
0: Yeah, they keep you on path. I'm curious about, because the type of people that watch this show are usually one of two types of people. One, someone wants to make a transition into becoming a paid speaker. And the other type of person is they're paid speakers right now, and they want to make more money doing it, or they want to make it their full-time job, or they want to be able to do it more frequently. And so my question for you is, let's say I got an opportunity. And I'm on stage and you've had this experience cause it's what you're doing right now. You're selling from stage consistently. And so what I'm wondering from you is have you picked up one or two or three things that we can share with the viewers or anyone that's listening right now
1: about how to properly sell from stage, what to avoid or what actually works? Yeah. I mean, a staking on your time, hitting your points, your benefits and advantages, those type of things we talked about. Okay. Um, price point and delivery of when you're going to do it is always a very touchy subject. Um, I've done it and I flipped it around where I've actually said to my audience in the first few minutes, here's the prices. Let me tell you why and how it justifies. Okay. And then I've also flipped it where I've held back the price of the program till the very end and see the results of that, right? Okay. So there's a lot of factors that play into the success of, you know, essentially closing. Yeah. Um, in my case, selling from the stage, towards the end of it, I've got to turn and start being aggressive. I've got to get hands up, stand up, walk to the back, register now. Yes. You know what I mean? And there's, there's a pushy way to do that. There's an aggressive way to do that. And then there's also, this is in your best interest. You yeah. want this. You're here today because you want something to change. Yes. You're here. you purchased to be here. You've spent your time away from your families. You're in this ballroom at the hotel because something in your life isn't settling well perhaps it's conformity perhaps it's a living a mediocre life you might have a great job however you want more time or it's the why right yes. so i think to answer your question on uh the timing aspect or kind of lost track of what your question originally was because it was about three and one <laughs> yeah my bad sorry about that we're, we're getting used to this we're just we're learning on the fly that's it yeah
0: that's okay. The, so I want to bring it back to your selling from stage. What I've found, and I've actually been to a lot of real estate investment seminars. I went to the one last year with Tony Robbins, which Tony Robbins blew me away because the way that I felt that he was on stage in his presence was he didn't have anything to sell. Right. And it was through the value that people would say to themselves, I want to experience this again. I want to go to another one of his programs. And I think that's, he has a different approach for a very specific reason. But when I was there at the real estate investment seminar, it was a pitch in every single presentation. Absolutely. And some people did it in a way where I felt like really connected with them. And I was like, Oh my God, should I, should I buy this? And I'm super frugal. So I didn't buy anything. But what I'm curious from you is how do you do that without people feeling like you're a snake oil salesman or, you know what I mean? Like being very agreeable and still maintaining like a positive relationship and, and the way that they look at you overall as you're trying to deliver value, it's not just about the sale. If you, if you did buy, it'd be great, but ultimately it's about like
1: improving your life and trying to give you value. Sure. You know, the ultimate goal and what their why is and they're, they're there in the first place is always their emotional pain point, Let say and people buy on emotion right so if you can understand or relate or even offer your own testimony that i was in your shoes i was just like you then it starts to become real for them you know as opposed to i'm just selling a product here it is it's the best tool it's the best car it's the best 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 and all the features and benefits but how is it going to affect your life what is it going to do right okay you know that shiny red corvette yeah, it's the fastest car, it's this, that, but how does it make you feel? And that's what people are gonna purchase. They're gonna feel, wow, doesn't it feel good to sit in the back uh, or to sit in the Corvette? And perhaps it's the, um, the eagle part of you and you feed off of that. So everybody in the audience, especially in an audience like the Real Estate Wealth Expo with Tony, there's 10,000 people there. Yeah. So you wanna touch a little bit of everybody, but to come across authentic, it's gonna be based on perhaps your own story. Okay.
0: So again, it comes back to sharing real stories, vulnerable stories, stories that'll connect with people where they can relate to and see themselves in your shoes. And then ultimately decide, you know, if they were able to solve that, maybe I could solve it too with their solution.
1: That's right. And the idea here is that it's duplicatable. It's a formula. You're selling a system, basically. Follow the system. I actually, uh, I, I do. systems. Absolutely, yes. And, and it's unfortunate. I compare it to oftentimes to the gym. You know, January first, everybody gets a new gym membership, that yep. New Year's resolution, yep. and by February first, people stop going to the gym. Yep. It's not that the weights don't work. It's not that the treadmill doesn't work. It's that you failed the system, not the system failed you. Yes. Right. Okay. So, so being authentic and telling them why it won't work also helps you in, to an advantage because if this is something and you're going to buy this program, you're going to buy this cassette and books, and you're just going to sit on the shelf and do nothing with it. What results do you expect to get? You know? So the variable in what I have to offer is the person I'm selling it to system works for everybody. If you work this system. I love that. Yeah. I have two more questions for you. The first
0: is what do you find to be the biggest barrier for people that have a story they have a dream, they, they want to share themselves. What do you find to be the biggest barrier for those people to actually get up on stage and start to share that voice and, and to, to really reach out and be their authentic selves.
1: Often it's fear, buddy. It's, it's often fear that holds us back that plays all these different scenarios of what could go wrong, how I'm going to feel, um, the fear of criticism, um, the fear of failure, the fear of forgetting your lines, whatever it might be. But I think the biggest barrier is always fear for most people. Okay. Um, that's why I ended up becoming a speaker in the first place. It was just to stretch myself beyond my comfort zone and say, mm-hmm. hey, speaking in front of an audience is not my thing. Talking mm-hmm. about a vulnerable is not my thing. But I see such an opportunity in selling from the stage that I better get good at this. Totally. And, and that's where the Mo Mondays thing started for me. It was just like, hey, here's an opportunity to speak in front of an audience." a minimum of once a month. That's amazing. And, and, and then they started the snowball, whether I was at a different event and speaking there, but, uh, the biggest, biggest barrier is always fear for most people getting started, taking action, just doing it, making the commitment.
0: Yeah. Okay, great. I'd actually like to connect that to what I do for the same purpose is I still, after two years, go to Toastmasters every single week. And I do that, even though a lot of my speaker friends, people that get paid like I do, they say, you know, Toastmasters is is BS, they teach you all the wrong things. And that really doesn't matter to me at all. The reason I go every week is for the exposure. Sure. Like you said, the ability to speak every single month. I want to speak every single week so that when I do have that paid opportunity. I've spoken that week already. Or I've spoken the week before and I'm fresh and I'm not nervous. I know exactly how to deliver the performance because I do it every single week. And I don't want right. to go three months bef- between now and my next gig so that when I go, I'm stale and I don't have the
1: energy and I'm nervous and people don't really connect with me. Yeah, no, absolutely. It, t- it takes, um, takes consistency. Like we said, practicing that, those lines, that pitch, the, the timing aspect of things yes. and you know, you can go still really quick in this industry. You know what I mean? You can be forgotten about really fast in this industry too. So, okay. you know, that's, that's the utilizing social media and staying out there and people awareness and seeing you. The networking opportunities at uh, events like Mo Mondays or whether it be Toastmasters and stuff, yep. you know, um, those, those are your opportunities to connect to other people who might be able to connect you to the next paid gig. Yes. Right. Okay, great. And
0: I feel like you have so much insight. I'd love to be able to spend a lot of time and and we'll get to know each other a little bit better one-on-one. What I wanted to do for the last question is read something that you sent me because I thought it was really inspiring and I didn't want to butcher it when I said it out loud. So I'm going to read it and then why don't you tell me a little bit about what that means to you and maybe some parting wisdom that you can give to people. Sure. You said that your purpose is to educate, inspire motivate and encourage others to discover their passions, dreams, and design a blueprint to achieve their life and goals. What does that mean to you? How'd you come up with that? And, and then what can people start doing right now to be able to achieve their goals?
1: I'm sure you're very familiar with the book, Think and Grow Rich. Yes. The book changed my life. I picked it up about five years ago after I attended a real estate seminar that brought me out to San Diego and I was introduced to an entire network. Okay. In that book, Napoleon Hill gives you the success equation, your passion, your talent, your association, action, and have faith. So I needed to put those things together. And I realized when I discovered the formula that I didn't have any of the components going on for myself. I didn't know what my passion really was. You know, talent, I'm thinking, okay, I'm good at sports and I'm good at construction and I'm thinking like that, but that's not the talent I'm thinking about here. Association, I was hanging around the wrong people, doing the wrong things for the majority of my life, you know? Yep, I can relate to that. Wasn't taking any action because I didn't have a passion or talent to take action towards. And faith was a big one. Faith in oneself, faith in a higher power, whatever that might be to you. But I needed to put that success equation together for myself. And once I did, I became... I felt like I was responsible to share that information Mm -hmm. and that success equation with other people. Okay. take credit for the equation. Yes. However, I am very, you know, um, adamant about somebody finding about what they love doing. Yes. You know, and what's going to make them money and sort of combining that for a life that they can design for themselves. I get it. Because all of the students that attend my seminar for the first time are there because they want to make some form of change. Absolutely. And when you ask people what they want, they're not even sure what it is. They just want something to change. So finding your burning desire as Napoleon Hill calls it, or finding what your purpose in life is essential for the success, no matter what that means, whether it's finances, whether it's just happiness, you know, and I find that unless I'm sharing that with somebody, how am I going to get them to the next level? Unless I've started with what's inside them, what, what their burning desire is.
0: Amazing. That's super inspiring. I didn't expect anything less. (laughs) I really appreciate your time tonight. It means the world to me. And I know that a lot of people are going to get a ton of value from hearing your stories and your insight and how to properly prepare for the next presentation they have and how to sell from stage. So Ronnie, thanks so much for having for being here. I I did want to ask you, where can people find you if they wanted to learn more about what you do as a success mentor
1: or as a speaker or as a real estate investment advisor and, and, and coach? Yeah. I mean, you can reach out to me directly. My phone's always on for people. Social media, I only use Facebook. I'm not the technic-savviest guy out okay. there. You know what I mean? So yep. Ronnie Fisher on Facebook. Uh, if you're from a distance, type in Niagara. I will find out, I will okay. end up on the top. But, uh, that's probably the best way. Okay, I'll link your Facebook. Yeah. Thanks again
0: for your time. Really appreciate it. And looking forward to having you on the show again. Thank you, appreciate it. Okay, Ronnie, take care. You too, bye.